Hello team, welcome to Troubleshooter's Corner, your place for leadership and crisis management tips and case studies for troubleshooters like you with skin in the game. Today, podcast number six, Fix or Cope. What can frustrate a troubleshooter more than an abject failure? The answer is a situation where what masquerades as a solution is only a coping mechanism. Now, let's start with the bottom line up front, in case you're in a hurry. You cannot solve every problem. Sometimes the best answer is not a solution, but a coping mechanism. Other times it is the coping mechanism that is getting in the way of a solution. As a troubleshooter, you need to know the difference. Now let's get down to cases, but if you needed that bottom line up front, there it is, and uh, come back later when you have time to review more. Otherwise, stick around. You'll get the whole story and some keepers. So the situation was best encapsulated by Israeli leader Shimon Peres once when he told Donald Rumsfeld this about an impasse in Arab-Israeli peace talks. What he said was, if a problem has no solution, it is not a problem to be solved, but a fact to be coped with over time. Well, the question arises whether you as a troubleshooter are there to actually solve a given problem. Can you solve a problem? Or are you there to make the best of it and recommend a coping mechanism? The two can be confusing and murky, and sometimes one gets in the way of the other. So it's important for you to step back and take a look at the situation and see what you're facing. Now, the reality is that troubleshooters are brought in to solve problems, often because a coping mechanism that used to be working is no longer having the desired effect. And a good place to look at this is or where you can see this happening time and again is when it comes to personnel matters, which have to do with with tolerating aberrant behavior on the part of people who are otherwise important to the organization. It could be a founder. It could be somebody who is a very good uh, rainmaker who brings in a lot of good accounts or money or business or is a technical expert that stands the organization in good stead but is really hard on people or may even be guilty of unethical conduct. The question is, do you keep that individual in place and just write it off as saying, well, that's old Fred, and that's just the way he is. Well, if that's the situation you're facing, that's a coping mechanism. That's tolerating what may become intolerable and what may end up presenting a greater risk, a reputational risk to the organization. But that's not a solution. Again, a coping mechanism tends to work for a while, but it tends also not to be a long-term solution. When a troubleshooter comes into a situation like that, it's important to know what exactly is the expectation, what is the role, and how much how much leeway are you going to have to be able to to propose and perhaps even help launch the the answer to the problem. And that helps you understand whether it's it's your it's up to you to devise a solution or to identify a coping strategy that can be used in lieu of a solution until one can be 
arrived at later on when the situation is more conducive. So, the main things to remember are these three keepers. Number one, the difference between the solution and the coping mechanism is that one of them fixes the problem while the other lives with it. The person in charge, the person making the decisions in the organization is the one who decides, not you necessarily as a troubleshooter, but the one who has to live with, with the consequences is the one who makes the, the ultimate decision about whether what's really needed is a coping mechanism or a solution. And that's also the person that you need the support of because that individual will either endorse what you have to offer or may very well undermine it or uh, end the engagement. Keeper number two, there are tells. People may get used to a coping mechanism, but no one brags about it. No great success attaches to a coping mechanism. People will say they're used to living with old friendly, the obstreperous employee who may be important to the organization in other ways, but it's starting to undermine it. But they won't be happy about it, they won't be proud of it, and other problems will be cascading from other directions. So that's one way you can tell that people are living with a coping mechanism rather than a real solution. And keeper number three is coping may sometimes be the best you can do, but seldom the end of the problem. Why? Because coping means tolerating. And we always get more of what we tolerate. So all you're going to do with, one of the things you will do with a coping mechanism is ensure its longevity. This is what some people call the, the permanence of the temporary. So what may have been brought in as a temporary fix all of a sudden seems to have gener a generational lifespan. And that's because coping mechanisms, once people get used to them, are hard to surrender even when a better solution is right around the corner. So let's take a look at some questions. Now a colleague asks, the difference between the solution, if the difference between a solution versus a coping strategy, when f what's the difference when you're facing a personality conflict with a boss? Well, if the conflict, if the conflict is deep and irreversible, the only solution is for one of you to go. Sometimes, by its own, by your own initiative, otherwise it could be an involuntary career event. Anything other than a clean break guarantees the problem will resurface. And that's the curse of a coping mechanism. Also, there are times when learning how to suck it up and not let the conflict ruin your career is a coping strategy that could double as a good holding action. The object here is to stop the bleeding. Maybe you can wait out the boss, especially if he or she has made powerful enemies who are preparing to strike. Maybe you buy time to scout opportunities so you can land a better job while still employed, which always makes you more attractive to prospective, prospective employers. The key is to realize that coping is a temporary solution. It won't last forever. Another colleague asks, isn't it better for me to accept and cope with oh, mediocre performance at work than risk being canceled or accused of discrimination or some other crimes that I didn't commit? The answer is not in the long run. Your whole department could vanish if it begins to look unnecessary. And if you do too much 
easy coping and always take the easy way out. There comes a point where your effectiveness is compromised and then people from echelons above begin to look and wonder, do we really need this person or these these guys or this entire department if it isn't functioning as we hoped it would be? Finally, another colleague asks, if I get called into a troubleshooting situation and figure out that solving the problem will generate hurt feelings and hostility, wouldn't I be better off going easy and helping my client live with a problem as long as it can be contained? The answer is yes and no. If your job is to solve a problem and you see how, but don't, then you really aren't doing your job. You are changing your role from troubleshooter to politician or therapist. Your reputation will suffer, and your chance of getting uh, follow-on work will also diminish accordingly. So there you have it. Fix or cope. It's an interesting dilemma and one to be aware of, but one you can work your way through. So, till the next time, stay watchful troubleshooters, but never be afraid of taking a calculated risk.